It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. People. Well, it, go, it goes back so far that it's uh, recorded. Okay, live. here we go now. Okay. A U N, American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human God, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar? The public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Conant Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Hey. Welcome, everyone. It's a, a great honor to be with everyone each Thursday. Uh, sorry I wasn't on last week. Uh, we were out down in Dayton, Ohio, uh, with a baseball tournament with our middle son. They were in the championship game, and uh, our son started the game. He had a two-run home run. It wasn't enough, but it did for a comeback, and they lost by two runs, 11-9. to nine. But it was a lot, lot, lot of fun being down there. Uh, back up here in Chicago, blazing hot up here. Uh, our guest tonight uh, goes way, way, way back in my life. Don Donald Lawrence Metcha, the full official name. Uh, he was my co-pilot, so to speak, in the office next door to me <laughs> on the thirty. What was it? Thirty-second floor. Thirty. Of the, uh, was it thirty-first floor? Thirty-second. Floor? I think it was thirty-second floor. <laughs> we don't even. We don't even know. Anyway, uh, Don was one of these guys that um, would occasionally uh, 
catch me saying something, and uh, unlike many other people in this world I, I, I interact with, you know, his ears just kind of tilted up a little bit, a little bit straighter, a little bit, his back a little bit more upright, uh, which kind of opened the door to a little more uh, re- re- feedback and back and forth. And, and some of it led to discussions of politics and the financial system and, and people and personalities. And there's quite, quite a dramatic uh, 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 coup attempt being taken over by political forces at the Chicago Stock Exchange. I was on one side along with Don and there were these dark, evil people on the other. <laughs> and we, we talked about this black and white division between good and evil until we were blue in the face. And it's a great uh, honor to have you on, Don, tonight. To talk about something near and dear to your heart, the Catholic Church, Fatima, the Rosary, just basic elements of the faith that unfortunately have been completely, almost totally uh, relegated to the dustbin in how it's supposed to be honored and and um, and, uh, and and used uh, to, to make a better the world a better place uh, you talk about the uh, takeover of the Catholic Church uh, Pope John the 23rd back in the uh, early 60s or 1958 I think that was the the critical time mm-hmm. 1959 and then the false uh, sister Lucia uh, who wasn't really Sister Lucia, who's the third child of Fatima, the famous, famous six months of amazing apparitions uh, and miracles that were witnessed by, uh, in all of world history, never before have more miracles been witnessed by more people than during that six-month period of time in 1917. And I've researched that a lot. It inspired me, thanks to another guest on this call, Rose Lear, I don't know if she's on, but she inspired me many years ago to pray the rosary. And I've been doing so every day since uh, September 10th of, ni- of 2004. Every day I pray the rosary. And amazing things have happened since Excellent. I started praying the rosary. So, uh, but uh, thanks for coming on. And, and uh, there's some links in the newsletter to a lot of this stuff. But, Don, uh, just coming from you, your personal experience, uh, you've witnessed a lot of this stuff happen in your life. I'm I'm 60, and you're knocking on the door at 60, right? 55, 55, 55. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're youngster still. <laughs> they can't get rid of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Fred, thanks so much for having me on the show, and uh, I just want to say that uh, a lot of the things, the marketing, uh, I learned from you, which was so cooperative. Uh, back in the mid-90s, I still use today, and you've been a tremendous friend and influence on me, and I really can't can't thank you enough uh, for what you've meant in my life. And so I'm happy to talk about this, this very important topic. And you've kind of laid it out in two big things. One is the, the truth of the Catholic Church, and the other is Fatima. They, they go together uh, very beautifully, but to talk about the Catholic Church would take me 2,000 years. So, okay. <laughs> um, hang on just one second. My wife. <laughs> hang on a second. Hang on. So, um, so anyway, uh, what I want to do is just kind of begin with a prayer, um, uh, if I could please. Uh, sure. In the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, 
Jesus. And then just one more. This is a great way to start any session like this because it's so important. And we're going to start off with the Come Holy Ghost prayer. So come Holy Ghost, fill the hearts of thy faithful and kindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit and they shall be created and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst teach the hearts of thy faithful people by sending them the light of thy Holy Spirit, grant us by the same spirit to have a right judgment in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy comfort through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Okay. So, Thank you, Tom. So what I want to say is that There's a lot to mention over 2,000 years, but I thought we might boil it down to just a few kind of things and go back to kind of the top of your show, Fred. You're talking about the kind of the the secret forces and the people that are trying to align us in the wrong direction. And this this is the Fatima message is really above all things an anti-communist message. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's what's been suppressed and that's what's so disturbing. But what we're going to talk about tonight is not dogma. It's not doctrine. It, it's not uh, the the source of salvation for your people, but it is heaven's peace plan. It's very, very, very important. And what I'm going to be referring to are five articles on the website called traditioninaction.org. And we're going to kind of go through this very difficult state that we're in uh, in, in the church and the world today. If that's okay with you, um, any more comments, Fred? Absolutely. No, go, go right ahead. Uh, okay, just to sure. link again, could you spell that out? Just, uh, sure. www.traditioninaction.org. Okay. Traditioninaction.org. This is, this is a counter revolutionary site. I think many of your listeners who are interested in truth would be very interested by this site. And kind of, I'm going to open with a little piece of scripture. And in John 15:18, Christ says, "Know that if the world hates you, it's because it hated me first. So, the reason I want to open with this is we have to just comprehend that, um, unfortunately, if you call yourself a Christian, you're going to be hated. There's just there's no two ways about it. It may not happen at the same place at the same time, but it's it's coming and it's there. So this is kind of what we're we're battling. And when you look at Catholic history, uh, all, all 2,000 plus years of it, uh, kind of up until uh, sort of the time of the apostles, you're really looking at a male-dominated history. Um, obviously, Christ himself being male. And since then, we've really had a time in history when it's been a female dominated time. Most of the mystics and stigmatists and prophets in the church have been our blessed mother herself and some very holy nuns and some children. So most of this um, is a kind of uh, a turning over, if you will, the church to, to, the, holy, to the holy women. Um, now, if you go to, um, as you were mentioning, this is a huge miracle. Uh, the Miracle of the Sun uh, in, in uh, October of 1917, October 13th. Uh, October 13th, 1917, everyone. October 13th, 1917. Correct. And this was witnessed by 70,000 people, including a number of 
skeptics and, and people like this who are converted. Um, the event, uh, the sun appeared to crash to the earth. Uh, there were crutches thrown down. People who were blind could see. Uh, people had been in quite a muddy field. Uh, the three children, shepherds of Fatima, were poor Portuguese children, and they were tending sheep. That's what they did. And so the, um, the, the, the miracle of the sun, uh, the children had been very badly abused. They'd even been kidnapped uh, the month before and threatened with their lives uh, as, as part of this, this whole thing. The, the Masons who were running uh, that part of Portugal uh, were, were trying to destroy the message in Our Lady and the church, and they were unable to do so. So this is a very, very brave story. Now, the, uh, the miracle of the sun, the sun appeared to crash to the earth. Everyone there had essentially like their clothes cleaned. There were zillions of conversions, and people actually were looking straight at the sun. So one of the most obvious, miraculous parts of the Fatima message is you and I cannot look straight at the sun as we know, not for more than about a second. And they all stood there and stared without a single one of them going blind. So you can see these in the pictures. And as you said, Fred, this is, this is one of the biggest um, – one, one of the biggest miracles of all time, maybe only outside of the life of Christ and his apostles, rivaled by the parting of the Red Sea. That's it. So, and there are warnings that are very serious, and they all focus on Russia. So Russia is kind of the, the issue. Um, since you alluded to uh, John the 23rd, we in the Catholic Church have had 55, since I was born in 62, 55 straight years of scandal. Uh, some of the worst scandals ever seen, ever recorded, and I'm sure your listeners uh, know what I'm talking about. So, so we're in a time of, of a tremendous amount of confusion in the church, and the third secret is the way out of this whole mess. Now, when you look at recent headlines, what do we see? Mass shootings, uh, terrible broken families, kids walking into schools going crazy, all kinds of mass shootings in, in Israel, uh, Palestine, etc. It's just a mess. The world is not at peace. But what Our Lady has promised with one simple prayer is that the world will know, peace, will know a peace it's never seen before. So this is the essence of the Fatima message is that we're looking for the consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart, the Heart of the Blessed Mother. This is the kind of the, the entire thing upon which peace uh, rests in the world. So we're waiting for that. Now, if it doesn't happen, then through Sister Lucy, the real Sister Lucy, unfortunately we've been warned about the annihilation of nations. And what I would draw your listeners' ears to is think about we know that at one time there were dinosaurs, and today there are no dinosaurs. Well, I'm kind of a dinosaur, but, um, but, but, but there were dinosaurs. So we do know that uh, there can be kind of apocalyptic events that can have an enormous impact on the earth, and this is kind of part of what we believe is indicated by the sort of the appearance of the crashing of the sun to the earth and the, the warning about the, the coming chastisement. So, so that's that's kind of the, the 80,000 foot view of Fatima. Is that kind of square with your understanding of it, Fred? Yep. Yep. 
I mean, okay. There's a lot of drama packed in those six months, though. I would, a lot. I would definitely urge urge people to uh, just any pick up a book about Fatima. It, it's it's really uh, uh, it, it's an amazing story. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, and make sure you're going to the legitimate Fatima sources, which is which is really Father Fuentes, who is the expert on it. Uh, there's there's plenty of good sites there that we've put up uh, that give you the exact story because there's people that want to unfortunately who want to skew the story now. In kind of coming back to the the Catholic truth, Catholic faith, um, today's uh, saint of the day. There's a saint almost every day of the week, and today's saint of the day is Saint Petronilla, and Saint Petronilla. Uh, whose name sounds like Peter, uh, was perhaps a disciple of St. Peter's. And she was a martyr, uh, not a martyr, but she was a virgin. And so this kind of ties in nicely with our talk today, because in prior generations, people took their chastity and their celibacy very seriously. And this was a sign of great holiness. Well, unfortunately, that really doesn't exist today, uh, even in circles of relatively pious people, sadly. So this gets me to what are, the third, what are the three secrets of Fatima? Well, the first one was the vision of hell. And our Blessed Mother showed uh, St. Jacinta, uh, St. Marto, and really she should be St. Lucy. She is St. Lucy, uh, yeah. but has, been, has not been declared by the church, <clears throat> a vision of hell. And when you see the pictures of these little children, and they're probably kind of mid to <clears throat> younger grade school age, their faces are always very, very, very serious, almost always. And this is literally a function of the Blessed Mother, just for a few seconds, showing them through a light in their hands, the hell that is, at least appears to be inside the earth. Okay? And they were able to see both the, uh, both the fallen angels, who had a kind of very ugly uh, animalistic form, as you might see in a medieval painting, and the souls of the damned who are quite literally kind of burned corpses, if you will. And so that warning, which had to do with the sins of the flesh, uh, was kind of the first secret of Fatima. That's, that's the first part. And that's kind of where she's found these brave children, and she's going to go, okay, you're going to communicate my wishes, heaven's wishes, for me, to the bishops, to the church. And that was a pretty heavy-duty thing for them, but they, they handled it. That's the first yeah. secret. The second secret is has to do, because we're talking about 1917, right before the Russian Revolution, one week before, uh, was October. But the second secret has to do with the end of World War I, and unfortunately, the beginning of World War II, and the correct naming of a pope. One of the ways you know the Catholic faith is the true faith is that this kind of all-encompassing, all-knowing vision of God is always translated perfectly through his perfect church and through um, legitimate apparitions of the Blessed Mother uh, approved by the church. So, so this, is, this is one of those, and uh, the, sure enough, World War I ended pretty soon after. And then sadly, the, um, the request for the consecration of Russia was not done, even at that time. So despite all the horrors of World War One, the consecration was not done, which is very sad. Um, so the third secret, what's the third secret? So when you get to, um, when you get to uh, the middle, sort of the end, the climax of World War II, 
the real sister Lucy got very sick. She was commanded by her bishop in Portugal to write down the third secret. It had not been written down um, at that time. So she writes it, and it's, it's very disconcerting. And there's instructions that are very clear on the outside of the envelope on which she wrote that the third secret of Fatima was to be read no later than 1960. And those notes regarding those instructions are on the outside of the envelope. They've been photographed a million times. That, those instructions were given to from that bishop who um, I suppose could have read it, but he in turn hands it over to Rome. Rome kept it in a uh, specific drawer in the Pope's desk, and there it sat. And so World War, World War II rages on, and the consecration's not done. Now, um, there was a consecration of the world that was done by Pius XII, and now that was done in, I think, 1942. And at that time, World War II began to turn um, against the, the fascists. Um, so, but, but that does not, it's not the specific naming of, of Russia. So going ahead a little bit in time, when we arrive at another Fatima date, which is the 13th of May, 1981, uh, John Paul II was shot four times. Oh, oh yeah. My cousin, yeah. my cousin Rose was there. My cousin Rose, who's in the hospital right now, Rose, I hope you're okay. She's getting her knees replaced. She's a great soul, so uh, we'll pray for her. But anyways, um, she was there. And what happened is that uh, going ahead uh, in, in 2000, uh, 19 years later, uh, some of the troublemakers uh, at the Vatican decided that his shooting and survival was, in fact, the third secret. And that's, not, that's exactly not what, what the third secret is. The third secret, what we know is that it's about an image. We do know this. And in every case, uh, the children were given an image, and then the image was explained. So this is kind of the essence of the way the Blessed Mother communicated only to the children. Now, of the three children, the woman who became Sister Lucy was the only one that could see and talk to her. St. Jacinta could hear her but did not talk to her. And St. Marta, who was the young boy, um, he could barely hear her, but he never spoke to her, and he really could not hear her. So, um, so realistically, there's only really one kind of fully conversant Fatima Seer, and that's, and that's Sister Lucy's uh, uh, St. Jacinta's kind of, a, kind of a, a second. So anyway, long story short, when you have this announcement in 2000, this terrible cover-up begins of the third secret by, by some of the bishops in Rome, which is, which is, you know, very, very sad. So what they talk about is this image. Here's what it is. There is a half-ruined city. And at the half-ruined city, a bishop in white is stopping to bless the, the, the bodies of the dead. There's corpses everywhere. There's been a bomb or a war or something. He goes up to a hill. There are three crosses made of cork. And there he's shot by rifles and arrows. And he falls dead, as do many of his, uh, sort of his entourage, and including good, holy, faithful Catholics. Okay? That's, that's what the image is. So the false friends of Fatima, the people who want to bury this thing, will tell you, oh, see, that's it. John Paul got shot, and he recovered, but he was the only one who was shot. And then he recovered, 
you know, relatively soundly, but the, the explanation that they gave in 2000 and the letter they released in 2000 was completely different from what Sister Lucy had written down and what had been recorded. Now, this is the really key part about Fatima. The children only spoke Portuguese. The real Sister Lucy went into two different cloisters. The second one she was sent into in order to silence her. She was always silent. She was not a kind of uh, chatterbox, uh, you know, dignitary. She stayed in her cloister. She was only interviewed by officials from the Vatican, and she never made a show of herself. So she honored the difficult life of the cloister perfectly from A to Z. We know that what she wrote because of different bishops who had it read to them, I want to emphasize, because, because remember, we don't have, we do have Portuguese Catholics. We never had a Portuguese Pope. So all eight popes in a row had to have the, the, the third secret read to them in Portuguese. Very important because there's been many people who have seen this thing. But they were sworn to secrecy, much like the secrecy of the confessional. So, the, so it, it's very easy for what I have to call the secret forces to distort the true message of Fatima by presenting different things. So one of the things they presented in 2000 was a four-page letter as opposed to a one-page letter. And all of the cardinals who saw this, who were good, holy, loyal, traditional Catholics, reported one page, 25 lines longer. And remember, on the outside, it says, it says um, to be opened by 1960, okay? Now, they had, uh, we've had handwriting specialists from a thing called Spectin Forensic Laboratories look at this, and there is absolutely no comparison between previous handwriting samples of the real sister Lucy and this letter. So it's very serious. In this four-page letter, it begins by saying penance, penance, penance. This actually comes from the Bible, but it's not what the, it, it is absolutely not what the, uh, the beginning of the third secret is. Sister Lucy revealed when she was allowed to the first line of the third secret, which is this. In Portugal, the dogma of the faith will remain, etc. So the, the first line completely disagrees with what, with what they were, uh, with, what, with what it said. So what we begin to see here is a kind of cover-up. And, um, it's, and it's very, very, very disconcerting. So again, remember that what heaven has said is that there's a chastisement coming unless the church and the world cleans up its act. It involves the consecration of Russia, and it must, it must be done in a very specific way by the Holy Father and all the Catholic bishops of the world after reparation and at the hour of our Lord's uh, Passion, which is 3 o'clock. Those are the conditions which have never been followed. Now, I'm going to go on to the next article from Church in Action called Confirming the Deciphered Third Secret. And here there was, um, uh, here we know that John the 23rd knew what the third secret was, and yet he did not release it in 1960 when he was Pope, um, which, is, which, is, which is very serious. And we know that the third secret from people that have revealed what they could reveal has two parts. It has something about the Pope, it has something about the dogma of the faith. So it's, and also too, in my studies of Fatima, what you have to realize is that these are children that our Blessed Mother is speaking to. They're not adults, they're not theologians, they're children. So what she would have been able to write down, uh, you know, 20 some odd years later, 
is something she would have understood as a child. So not complicated theological language, simple language. And when you look at um, kind of what's, what's going on, even uh, Paul VI in 72 admitted, and these are, these are his words, not mine, through some fissure, the smoke of Satan has entered into the temple of God. Pretty serious stuff, right? Pretty serious. So um, what we also know through other apparitions that are not from Fatima that the church would run into trouble. So there are six uh, nuns who died in Quito, Ecuador, and none of their bodies have decomposed. These are known as a lady of good success. And she foretold that in the 20th century, um, hell would be unleashed and many souls would be lost. So this, is a, this whole Fatima message is very, very, very serious by nature. Very serious by nature. And so in 1957, again, going back to Father Gustin Fuentes, who was kind of the living expert in Fatima, Sister Lucy, in a personal interview, told him these words. She said, do not look for, to Rome to call, to do, for the call to do penance, but rather each one must save not only his own soul, but also all, all the souls God has placed on its path, which is why I thank you for the show tonight, Fred. And so we have to really be careful. We've, we've seen lunatics, uh, freaks like David Bowie, who passed away, be praised by the Vatican, which makes, which makes no sense at all. We've seen popes that will receive communist symbols with crosses on them, which is what Francis did. We've had Francis telling us that uh, communists actually make the best Christians. It's one thing after another. So we're really in a very serious way here. And um, so, the, the, so there's lots of things, everything from the ugly architecture of the new Catholic churches to the scandals that tell us that somehow, some way, uh, they've really gone, they've really gone off, off, off the beaten path here, especially with, with Vatican II. Now, next article I'm going to point people to, and this is very fascinating scientific stuff, is also from Tradition Nation called Two Sister Lucys of Fatima. And there's a lot of people doing detailed work into this. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of work that has to be done. If you see the pictures of the second Sister Lucy, they look like cousins. They don't look that much alike. And um, the smiles are, are quite opposite. The, uh, what she held fast to restore in the failure to consecrate Russia is, is quite consistent. Um, and honestly, you don't even look like the same person. So what we feel is that it appears that the real Sister Lucy, who knows what happened to her, but it, it looks as though a second Sister Lucy was, was put into place um, in order to convey the kind of uber-liberal pro-communist messages that we're hearing today. It's very disturbing. So I think your listeners can take some time to look into that, and they're going to see it. One, one simple example is, that Sister Lucy never wore glasses. Well, the second Sister Lucy did. And so it's, um, it's, it's, it's really a very disturbing thing. When you look at the change in the message, the change in the handwriting, uh, the change in the message on the, whether the consecration had been done, you, you, you get a very disturbing trend. And I would tell your, your listeners this. When Russia itself converts to the Catholic faith, then the consecration will have been done. And why does consecration have to be done of Russia? Russia has a humongous role to play yet in human history. It may be the destroyer of the nations. It may be the savior of the nations. We don't know. But what we do know is that it has been covered in blood 
by the communists who took over literally a week after the last apparition. So heaven counters what it sees by sending messages through its holiest saints so that we get a, a, we get a warning of what's coming. So the Soviets, the Nazis uh, have all killed millions and millions and millions and millions of people in Russia, Ukraine, especially, which was Catholic. <laughs> and all of that blood needs to uh, needs, needs reparation. And that will come through this simple prayer of consecration that we have not gotten. Any questions, Fred? So far, I'm talking too much. I apologize. No, no, this is this is great, great stuff, Don. Don, because uh, we have a full two hours. If you want to, if you want to take it, you have two hours. So, uh, so feel free, and we can open it up for comments and questions periodically. But uh, uh, so, so basically, what you're saying is that. Uh, before the big red machine, the communist plot to take over the world uh, could roll itself out. Uh, the mother, the Blessed Mother, appeared at, at, the, at the edge of history, and through Fatima, laid out the specter of this massive, massive end time of, of the world of, of, Correct. of hell, of destruction of bloodshed and two world wars later, plus the deep state and all of the stuff that's going on that covers the, the time right up to today, which we're all suffering from. Uh, and they, they have adulterated the message of Sister Lucia, the third secret, et cetera, et cetera. Even put an imposter in for Sister Lucia, who, uh, who supposedly passed away in, on uh, February 13, 2005, shortly before Pope John Paul II passed away. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And there's plenty of evidence that <clears throat> that the real sister Lucia did die. There is evidence on the internet you can find where there's a, a woman by the same name in the same cloister whose reporter is dead, and then of course it disappears off the internet. We really can't be careful enough with some of these people and even though I love the Catholic church, I know it's the only source of salvation. Nevertheless, just like Judas was allowed to rampage around. So unfortunately God allows some very bad people to penetrate the church and do terrible things in God's name. That's exactly what we've experienced with these, these terrible, this terrible crises, the rape epidemic, which is sadly still going on. So when you look at the consequences of the papal uh, refusal to a very late, I'm in the next, Another article now, you see a complete attack on marriage. There's no longer marriage determined by God as, as being between man and woman. That's important because the the family is the cornerstone of society. And without a male figure, female figure, married, giving a child stability, uh, no society can survive. And the Soviets knew this. And they, in 1924, they legalized abortion, so-called, and then they had a sexual revolution of their own. But the Russians put an end to it because they realized it was destroying their own society. And then they simply shipped it out to us uh, in the form of, uh, you know, pornography and, and things like that. All, all of this was, was, is warned about. Um, our, our lady told the children at the division of hell, more, more souls go to hell uh, for sins of the flesh than for any other. So pretty, pretty darn serious stuff. Um, 
We have we have uh, we just had in Ireland just this last week uh, abortion so-called was legalized, and uh, we heard essentially nothing from Rome at all, zero. So, um, Freddie, there? Yeah, I'm here. Not even okay, a comment. Good, not even a comment. Sorry. No, not even a comment. And so, um, so unfortunately, John the Twenty Third um, essentially silenced uh, Sister Lucy in in nineteen in nineteen sixty, um, which is again very sad and and, and very telling. So, um, however, we we know from uh, nineteen fifty seven that she told Father Fuentes that the devil is engaging in a battle with the Virgin, the decisive battle. Um, and uh, it is the final battle where one party will be victorious, the other will, will, will suffer defeat. Um, so from now on, we, either with God or with the devil, and there's no middle ground. And so this is kind of what's going on here. Now, there was, there was appearances by our Blessed Mother and our Lord to Sister Lucy even into the 1930s. And in the 1930s, uh, the popes were warned that to the degree that they follow the king of France in failing to consecrate Russia to her immaculate heart, that they would suffer the same fate. And by this, I'm talking about the failure of King Louis in 1589 to consecrate France to, uh, to actually Christ's uh, sacred heart. And 100 years later, to the day the Bastille fell, and uh, of course, uh, he was, um, uh, you know, Louis the the the, four, the fourteenth was killed uh, by his own people. So this is the warning, uh, the seriousness of the warning that was given uh, through Sister Lucy, and that's kind of why you always see, with, see her with a dour look on her face. You know, she carried a very, very, very heavy cross. And so now what we're facing is something called a conciliar church, where they want to preach false mercy. They're telling you. And Francis will say, oh, there's no hell. He speaks through an atheist mouthpiece. Uh, it's really very serious and very, very sad. So we have to pray for him. But um, by no means uh, can we follow what, what he says about this stuff. Um, in fact, society, life, justice, God, love, all comes from a source greater than us, greater than Don, greater than Fred Smart. And that source is God. And he has a very specific structure for us. He wants us to listen to him. Well, the conciliar church, Second Vatican Council, which is not infallible, says, no, you kind of listen to your own conscience. Well, our consciences are constantly being challenged by evil. And so this is kind of how some of this stuff has popped up. They, they want to change the source from, from the Almighty to mankind. And that is what masonry mm-hmm. is and it can't, cannot possibly work. So I'm almost done with my comments here. Um, so we did have the 100th anniversary, which again matches mm-hmm. the unfortunate French Revolutionary example. Um, on May 15th, uh, May, excuse me, May 13th, uh, the Pope was in Fatima to celebrate the centenary. He lifted up uh, Jacinta and Marto to saints, but had almost nothing to say about Lucy, which is mm-hmm. very sad. Very sad. Interesting. And he, in fact, chastised those who speak of God's chastisement. And this is, this is very disturbing all, all by itself. So he more or less came to ridicule the words of those he came to, uh, to, to canonize. And remember that Jacinta herself, before she died, uh, said that the lady had lamented immorality, bad marriages, immodest dress, mm-hmm. impure, impure priests. And what she said is, quote, 
The Blessed Mother can no longer restrain the hand of her divine son from striking the world just with just punishment for its many crimes. So what Pope Francis said when he was in, in uh, Fatima was, uh, was he said, but which Mary? And he said the, the, were the, these words exactly. Is it uh, um, one of our own making, one who restrains the arm of the vengeful God? Or, uh, let me just see where I have here. You know, he says, um, you know, or, or, how does he say it? Let me make sure I quote him correctly. Oh, here's what he says. Great injustice is done to God's grace whenever we say that sins are punished by his judgment without first saying, as the gospel clearly does, that they are forgiven by his mercy. Okay, well, that's true, but that's not the message of Fatima. The message of Fatima is that we, we are facing a chastisement unless a simple prayer, a two-minute prayer, is said for the consecration of a country that has killed over 100 million people. And if we don't do it, they will continue to spread their errors. So just as Russia spread the error of abortion in 1924, we now have the error of so-called equality spread throughout the world. And you can look at countries like Venezuela has collapsed under communism. Uh, Cuba, of Cuba. course, is a disaster. China has 23 million abortions a year, and now they're basically controlling the entire society through social grading based on what sites yeah. you go to and things like this. Big brother. And big brother. And so all we're really looking for is for this, this confirmation of heaven's message that the Russian Soviet Bolshevik way is not the right way, and it cannot work. And so instead, um, Francis radically opposed the idea that Fatima message is a message of, of chastisement. Um, <laughs> not only does he ignore the warnings of the, the sins of communism, he actually lifts it up. He spoke of nothing about the apostasy in the church, which has been come from many, many, many mystical sources, Catholic mystics, and in the Bible itself. Remember what Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes, do you think he'll find any faith? So he's telling you that there's a, there's a, uh, a, a, like a downgrade. And he didn't, even, uh, he didn't even address the third secret. And at the same time, and this is even more bizarre, he called himself the bishop in white. Well, what's weird about that is that John Paul II did the same wow. thing. So they both can't be the bishop in white, you see. Yeah. It, it's, it's, very, it's, it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. And so those, those of us who are very close to the Fatima message where we are continuing to implore uh, any Catholic, of course, everyone should be praying the rosary regardless of where you're at in your, your, your faith life, but we're imploring that this thing be done. But it has to be done by all the bishops of the world with the Holy Father at the same time with the intention of, of converting Russia. And they won't do it. So, and, and so here God, we this is specifically laid out in black and white by uh, what, what Sister Lucia wrote down. In, oh, yeah. And in, in the, in the Secrets of Fatima. This is all yes. in black and white. Yes. Okay. Yes. It, it, the, the, the specific request for the consecration of Russia was something she held to consistently for decades until she, her face changed, her handwriting changed. <laughs> yeah. She, she, did, she did spend 10 minutes with John Paul II uh, when he visited uh, Portugal, but she did something very unusual that real sister Lucy would never do, and that is that after she received the Holy Communion, which for non-Catholics is the most precious body, his actual precious body and blood, which is 
transubstantiated in the mass, and she sat on the uh, sort of next to him on the altar, which is something that a cloistered nun would never do. Ever really? So she kind of made a show of herself. Hmm. And we don't really know who this person was or how they got her to do it or or, or what what was going through her head. But Mm -hmm. it's 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 kind of the and, and and I'm I'm just giving you kind of the this is the a long version of the story, but believe me, there's, there's, you know, your, your, your listeners can go into tradition in action and they can look at the dozens of different things that have been written about this and just look at the state of the world today. <laughs> if Russia was really consecrated, why, <laughs> why are they, you know, running around the world and invading Ukraine and all, all this, all this crazy stuff. And, you, you know, it's, the world is clearly not at peace We're we're, we're, we're seeing, so many acts of terror everywhere in the family, in the streets, in the schools. There's, yes. there's no peace. Don, uh, the old Catholic Church, the the rabble rousing old Catholic Church, epitomized. Uh, Father Coughlin epitomized to me the. Yes. <laughs> remember that guy? <laughs> Absolutely. I that he railed, he railed against the Federal Reserve. He railed against the bankers. He, I mean, my God, this guy was an amazing guy. And he, yes. he got so many, uh, he would go on radio shows all over the world simultaneously. He wrote, he appeared, and and then all of a sudden he was shut up back, back in the middle of the 40s or something like that. Well, and then and then you had Father Peyton, the rosary priest, who, who coined the term the family that prays together stays together. Even the mm-hmm. CIA, when there was obviously some good people in the CIA too, uh, they had him go around do rosary crusades. I mean, even Golden Gate State Park, of all godforsaken places in San Francisco, was, you know, 50,000 people saying the rosary together because they knew what it would do to communism. And that's the, this is the problem we're facing is that because of all the false, um, the religion of Vatican II, which is freedom of religion, which is not a Catholic concept, uh, freedom of conscience, which is not Catholic, um, the, the whole... Uh, theology of Vatican II is really written around mankind. It's not written about the, the dignity of God or any higher source we have to answer to. And this is why our society is going off the rails. Well, this is what they accept. This is what they believe. It doesn't matter how many kind of Muslim atrocities there are or uh, the atrocities over in, in Palestine. They, they won't say anything uh, to, to ask these religions to, to convert. And who is Christ? He's the King of Peace. It's that simple. You follow the Ten Commandments or you don't. And uh, Don, there, there are certain Catholic orders that you might might want to just touch. Uh, I know we could go on and on, but the Jesuits and Opus Dei. Can you can you comment on those two? Because here we have a Pope sure. who's a Jesuit Pope, and sure. uh, it was a very controversial order that was eradicated from North America by an act of Congress or by, uh, you know, know, they were very, very unpopular for many years and and were not even here for many years. Are you talking about the Jesuits or Opus Dei? The Jesuits, the Jesuits. Okay, let's start with the Jesuits. The Jesuits were, okay, so if anyone wants to read great Catholic theology, authentic, authentic Catholic theology, you've got to read two really, well, there's more than that, but two, um, two great Jesuits, obviously St. Ignatius Loyola himself, and mm-hmm. also St. Robert Bellarmine. St. Robert Bellarmine was 
during the time of the Inquisition. He's considered a doctor of the church. And, of course, um, uh, Ignatius Loyola led the counter, uh, sort of the, our, our counterattack against Protestantism. And uh, they were very brave in that. And many of them came to the United States. There was um, six of them that were skinned alive in, in upstate New York, known as the North American Martyrs, uh, six Jesuits and two lay people. And so this is kind of who they were. But unfortunately, they kind of fell into a kind of love of the mind. And most, I think all Jesuits, they have to get some sort of doctorate, right? So they, they have degrees and this and that, or they become, you know, hospital doctors or whatever. But unfortunately, they have really kind of fallen off the path of the church. And the, 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 one of the worst of them, all of them, was named Rahner. And Rahner had a concept he called the anonymous Christian. And this is a very, very deadly concept. It's the idea that you can be and you will be a Christian without even acknowledging it in the slightest way. And so this pollution kind of spread throughout the Jesuits. Von, von Balthasar was, was another one. You had a whole group of these, these Jesuits who kind of fell in love with their own intellect. And that led them to the to, to liberation of theology and to communism and to kind of where, where they are today. They, and I'll give you a very terrible example. I know your, your kids went to Loyola and in uh, in in Well, I went there too. And part of the terror, terrible teaching we got is that there are three different examples of the fishes and loaves, the miracle of fishes and loaves in, in in the Bible: two two at night, one during the day. And in all cases, uh, it says that Jesus took pity on them. And of course, he's God; he can make as many fishes and loaves as he wants to. But they would say to us, well, you know, maybe, maybe it wasn't a miracle. Maybe he just got people to share. And if you have, a, if you have two inches of common sense and you're, you're with a group of people that sell several thousand of you, you're following around Christ and he's healing people like crazy in a time when obviously they don't even Band-Aids. And uh, obviously, obviously this was a great act of, of mercy on his part, but the Jesuits were beginning to question that. And that's, that's, their, that's sort of their problem is, this man-centered focus. Opus Dei is um, also very, very deeply troubling. Uh, Opus Dei was founded by Jose Maria Escriva uh, in in Spain uh, during the communist takeover there. Uh, 5,000 Catholic priests were killed. Somehow he survived. But yeah. after, the, uh, after World War II, he began admitting communists into Opus Dei during a time at which this was strictly forbidden for Catholics. And so, plus, plus he had a temper, and really the Opus Dei became kind of the, um, kind of the intellectual muscle of the Second Vatican Council revolutionary effort. And part of the, the, the biggest part of their problem, besides the fact that they, they take this very flawed and fallible council seriously, is that they invert the church. And this is exactly what Vatican II does. They view the church as being driven by the lay people. It's not. It's always been driven by Christ and the Holy Ghost and God through essentially the Pope who's a manager and can but rarely speak sociably down to the people. And they said, no, 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 we're, we're going we're gonna to turn this on its head. And this is the same issue with the Second Vatican Council. The Second Vatican Council says specifically that the, 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 the church, the modern church, the modern-day church, serves man. This is completely incorrect. 
the Catholic Church always served God first. Always. Okay. And so this is the kind of the humanitarian socialist strain you see come, coming through. In a way, it's a loss of faith. And they put, in a sense, kind of, and and the the, the one of the of the many heresies. Go ahead, sorry. Fred. The priest used to face the altar as opposed to the congregation. Vatican <laughs> II reversed that. No, that came after Vatican II. That came in '69. Vatican II 69? actually doesn't call for a new mass. It calls for a reform of the mass. Um, oh, which, got it. Okay. Every, everything everything that happened at Vatican II. Well, let, let me let me back up. This will make everything clear to to okay. both Catholics and non-Catholics. In 1884, Pope Leo XIII, who was a good pope, was attending Mass in the Vatican and had the misfortune of overhearing a conversation between Christ and the devil. And the devil said, "I can destroy your church." And Christ said, "No, you know you can't." He said, "Well, no, give give me 75 to 100 years." And so Christ permitted this, and, and Pope Leo XIII overheard that conversation. I'm sure it's very upsetting for him. So the St. Michael's Prayer that Catholics say at the end of every Latin low mass, along with other prayers, was written by him exactly at that time. And if you read the whole thing, it's an exorcism. So what happened is That's that a very powerful prayer. I, I, I it's a very powerful prayer. Multiple times uh, a day. <laughs> Can't, you cannot lose with it. And if, you say, if you're worried about having a demon in your house, so you can say, look it up and say the whole thing too. But okay. the, the, the whole key is if you flash forward between 1884 and 75, you get to 59, 1959. What happened in 1959? Invitations to Vatican II went out. Remember that the Catholic Church only calls councils during times of crisis. And in a council, you essentially have the defining of dogma, which is what the church believes since the beginning, number one. Number two, you have the con- condemnation of a heresy. The Vatican II could have done both those things. It failed on both those things. And it was supposed to condemn communism, but here you see again the strain of communism creeping into the church. They had a condemnation written into Vatican II, but they took it out. So very, They very never condemned issue. communism? They never addressed no. it in Vatican II? Well, Vatican, wow. II, did, Vatican II didn't, but prior popes did very clearly. Yeah, all socialism, all Leo masonry. Well, there's a bunch of them, but but okay. all socialism, any any anything where the right and just order of society is upended, is always verboten by the Catholic Church. Always, and think about it in the simplest terms. The seventh commandment is, "Thou shalt not steal." So God specifically identifies property rights as being essential to the proper functioning of society, any society, mm-hmm. which you cannot and do not have in socialism or communism. So that's always been the case. And to make matters worse, popes in the uh, late 19th and, and early 20th centuries reiterated these teachings over and over in an infallible way, but they were completely ignored by the people running the church today. So now, from 1884, when you heard this conversation between <laughs> Satan and Jesus, flash ahead 100 years. What do you have? The CC meetings in John Paul II, where he held seven years in a row, he held a, a essentially a pantheistic prayer meeting without attempting to convert a single person to the Catholic faith. Very serious problem. So I cannot judge the soul of John Paul II. It's not my job. It's not my station in life. It's not yours. But we can say definitively that he should not have done this. 
and the timing of 100 years from the date of that, um, you know, ba- basically Christ allowing uh, Satan to tempt the church, um, you know, it's, it's pretty ominous. So, so none of these things invalidate the, the absolute beauty and perfection of the Catholic Church, which is the only religion on earth. But, it, but it, what it does remind us is that we all have, you know, frailties and weaknesses. All of us, if we begin to listen to ourselves and our conscience too much and don't simply sit down and pray and fast and ask, ask for guidance, we're, we're, we're all going to slip. And hey, so John. This is, uh, this is what's happened. Uh, could you comment? Uh, I think I told you the story. I've mentioned it to Dee and others a few times, maybe on this call. But uh, in the early morning hours of September, I forget the date, but it was 1978. Uh, and uh, an amazing sight looking forth from my apartment in Evanston, looking north toward the Baha'i Temple. But, the, but there was a, this massive, like, heavenly light descending from the stars in heaven, like a perfect, uh, you know, circle uh, from which, you know, the, 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 the lights of heaven were kind of radiating. It was the most amazing thing I've ever witnessed. It was sort of like my Fatima moment, my miracle mm-hmm. of the sun. It was my miracle mm-hmm. at night. Mm-hmm. But we woke up the next morning, my r- roommate and I, uh, and everyone else in the whole world, to the death of John Paul the first. Mm-hmm. And uh and there was something about his death and the later the controversy mm-hmm. and the I mean, I, I, I think they killed him. It was pretty obvious. No, I think they did. I it's there's there's a there's a couple good there's a couple of really good books on the murder of John Paul the First. Now I've I of course take issue with his name. Popes have never before been named two names. It's 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 very odd. Um, I'm, I'm deeply concerned about both the teachings of John XXIII and Paul VI, which are materially heretical, which is, again, you know, very disconcerting. But John Paul I, the story on him is that his, he was a pretty humble guy. And his bank, uh, the, the Catholic Church doesn't own one bank, the Vatican Bank, it owns, it owns a bunch of banks. And the reason is no one wants to lend us money. <laughs> But you need to build a hospital or a school or a missionary or something, you know, here or there. Um, that's essentially why how the church got into the bank business. Well, the mafia bought his bank, which um, I'm trying to I can't remember whether it was um, Milan or one of those places. But anyways, uh-huh. they essentially looted his entire bank. And when he got elected pope, it was like the last thing that the that the mafia wanted to see. And so he he was killed 33 days into his papacy, which is all by itself uh, one of the most glaring um, glaring ways Freemasons like to signal, and they use the number 33 to mock our Lord, who lasted whose, whose earthly life was 33 years. And so this is why the first private secret degree of Freemasonry is the 33rd degree. The, the satanic degree, where they, they openly become Satanists. So when John Paul I was probably almost certainly poisoned <clears throat> on the 33rd day of his, his papacy, that, that's probably the reason why. And he was surrounded by really bad people, really, really, really bad people, money launderers, the whole thing. And there was no autopsy. <laughs> there was no autopsy. 
there was no autopsy. It was it was rushed. Uh, the Vatican changed its story like four or five times, literally, on who found him. Uh, his glasses, what he was reading was gone. Uh, he was taking one medication only. Uh, he had a little bit of um, uh, low blood pressure, but other than that, he was a picture of health. This is the guy who yeah. basically wrote, rode a biker out of his archdiocese to check out sick people. You know, he wasn't like smoking and drinking and living a life of stress. He was, he was a pretty mellow guy. So uh, he, he and, 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 and he probably wasn't the first pope to be murdered internally somehow. Obviously, the first, uh, you know, two or three dozen or more popes were killed by the Romans. It sometimes only lasted a week. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think his, his has that, that kind of Illuminati new world order, uh, thing to it because it it really appeared as though he was going to step up and name names and, uh, you know, get, get rid of the, this kind of cadre of, of, of bad guys, um, mm-hmm. in the Vatican. And it's awful to think about, but that's what happened. Wow. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say the, book, the books on it are out there. They're they're worth reading. They're 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 kind of upsetting. I I hope that when we talk about stuff, none of your viewers will lose their Catholic faith. We've we've had you know the God promised us and delivered a perfect church. He did not deliver perfect popes. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, if 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 people don't come away with anything else else tonight, the Fat, Fatima story. Uh, and and lastly, we led by a prayer, and then we're going to open up for comments and questions. But let's just talk about the rosary, Don. Oh, it, sure. It's a simple 20-minute prayer, 15 minutes if you hurry. Uh, and it's very contemplative, very relaxing, uh, very yes. empowering for me. And it's yes. very private. So, well, Our Lady? Uh, and, and, yes. Go, go ahead, Fred. Sorry. I'm <laughs> But just, you know, I, I've done it every day, and if I miss a day, I do two the next day or something like that. I've right. done, multi, you know, multiple rosaries a day. I've, 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 amazing things have happened to me in, in conjunction with praying the rosary. I don't have yes. to go into all the details, but uh, it, it's just an amazing Well, no, prayer. You, you should, people who pray the rosary every day and who get invested in the brown scapular, which is a very specific investment, um, will receive signal graces. It's one of the 15 promises of the rosary. Um, Our Lady gave St. Dominic a thousand years ago three mysteries, joyful, sorrowful, and glorious. Um, mm-hmm. if, if someone can, it's great to, to, to say all three, um, which is you know closer to a 45-minute thing. But sure. when yeah. you say them with your family and friends, you will get great graces. It's absolutely guaranteed. And you will get signal graces. Um, you'll find very unusual things will happen. Um, but she's not going to promise you an absence of suffering. She suffered. Um, Our Lady was mm-hmm. completely sinless, and so she felt um, virtually everything Christ felt on the cross, including having to watch it happen. So, um, so the rosary is, it's, it's a, it's a, trim, it's a trim, and it's also a bridge builder during these terrible times. Um, mm-hmm. I, I will have anyone to my house uh, to see the rosary with us. And I will per- permit, you know, their intentions as long as they're reasonable. And you, you will build a sense of, of sense of community. And so you, you end up contemplating the 15 mysteries of our, of our Lord. If you'll say three, 
uh, excuse me, a third of them a day, which is what she asked at minimum, that's five, five mm-hmm. wounds of Christ. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I don't say the so-called luminous mystery, as John Paul added, because I believe they're an unfair burden on the Catholic people. And I, and I believe that yeah. his papacy was just too troubled for me to kind of go there. But yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, it's, it's really beautiful. I'm so glad that you're doing it, Fred. You, 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 there's no one that can lose with this. No, no, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, let's open it up, Don, and we'll, we're going to, I think we've covered a, a, a lot of good ground. We, and, you know, we could have you back on some other day, you know, in the future. So uh, keep your powder to. dry on this because there's so much to talk about. <laughs> Anyone on the call, please star stick your phone or, or, or signal on TalkShoe. Uh, if anybody has a comment or a question for Don Metcha or just want, wants to uh, uh, raise a question about the Catholic Church, uh, the Blessed Virgin, spirituality in general, feel free. Anybody? I don't hear a star six. Yeah, uh, I got a comment. Yeah, Sam, go ahead. Yeah, I'd like to make a comment. I've, I've been telling everybody that God's going to destroy America because they got same-sex marriage, homosexuality, 30 to 40 million abortions since Roe versus Wade. It's Sodom and Gomorrah all over. And uh, they're teaching communism and socialism at the colleges now. It's like it should be accepted. So I'd like to have his comments on that. I, I, th- I think he's exactly right. And the, the, the primary warning of Sister Lucy, the Blessed Mother, is the annihilation of nations. That's, that's it. Simple, simple annihilation of nations. And this country certainly deserves it. Or as Bishop Williamson likes to say, and he's on, the, he's on my notes, uh, Fred put the links up, uh, if, if we don't get some sort of chastisement in this country, uh, then... Um, Gatto's Sodom and Gomorrah, big apology. Um, but yeah, we're we've we've drifted into the absolute pit, and you're getting almost nothing from Rome, who are supposed to be guiding us down the path of good morality, and um, almost almost nothing. In fact, just just the opposite in many cases. So, but here's the thing I want to say, and I'll, I'll I'll throw this out there. A dear friend of mine, Anthony Gonzalez, has written a wonderful book. It's on Amazon called In This Valley of Tears, and he talks about um, kind of the nature of suffering and how suffering began with Adam and Eve in the fall, and we're, we've all got these either fallen natures or even what, what the Catholics call concupiscence, which is proclivity towards sin, even, even if you have baptism. But what I'm getting to is he likes to say, and he likes to sign his book, um, there is always hope, and there is always hope. We can't give up hope because the devil wins when people go into a state of despair. And that's exactly what he wants us to do. And that's exactly what will happen if people don't, you know, get, get kind of that medieval uh, toughness that all the, all the saints had back then. And certainly all the saints uh, that have been, you know, massacred over the years for the faith. But, yeah, this country is done. It's done. Yeah. Yeah, the United States has been constantly at war since... It's, it's it's inception, you know. We had World War One, World War Two, Korean War, Vietnam War. Now we got all these wars in the Middle East. We're destroying countries, and I, I don't know. Uh, I I keep praying for Christ to come. He's the only one who can straighten it out. You know, and, and he and he will. Uh, yeah, but he will. I, I want him to come now. I want him to come now because it's it's bad. 
Well, it, we, we, we know for sure that it's in God's hands. His, the timing of the second coming is, is, is his. Um, and I think we're being given this time in order to make reparation and in order to essentially, and certainly in my case, clean ourselves up as much as we, as much as we possibly can, knowing that um, there, wasn't that many, there wasn't that many people on the ark. There just wasn't. Yeah. And um, a lot more animals, a lot more animals than people, Don. <laughs> <laughs> Probably some people too. You were in California. They want to. They want to get rid of the Bible. <laughs> All right. You know. Yeah, yeah. Can we we just moved from California. We just left California. Uh, a lot of good people there. There's some very good chapels there. I can't recommend uh, Our Lady Help of Christians in Garden Grove, California, highly enough. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's a it's a it's a complete cesspool, and uh, you you can only wonder how long it's going to be tolerated. But um, you know, those things are in God's hands and. We've got uh, we, we we have a lot of good people like my friend Fred Smart who are brave enough to speak out and let's let's face it the the Illuminati the the Masons these you know you you look at for example the shooting in Las Vegas the guy was on a 32nd floor and his brother was interviewed outside a building whose uh, garage whose address was 320 well what is that that's Skull and Bone 322 they're just signaling it's sick but that's what they do yeah they won't get away with it forever. But unfortunately, they're getting away with it. There now, there's there's just not enough law enforcement. I, I think I think Trump has has the potential to to go down the right path and, and clean the swamp, but um, it, it, it's got to be done quickly. Yeah. Well, the deep state's watching him. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Any, uh, thank you, Doctor Cross. Uh, by the way, he, he is a doctor. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Uh, Don, Dr. Sam Cross. Go ahead. I hear another voice out there. Yes. Uh, hi. Can? can you hear me hi. okay? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, I wanted to identify myself uh, because I've had quite a bizarre life. I was raised Catholic. I'm not a practicing Catholic at this point. I have sort of been mentored by a gentleman who has three doctorates, uh, clinical psychologist for over 40 years, a doctorate in religion, a doctorate in theology, and I'm going with just the simple, most basic faith of what he said, Jesus said on how people should live their life, and that's always to put God first, and secondly, to love your neighbors yourself. So I'm reaching out to the world in that regard. I'd like to share my name and direct you to a big website that has all kinds of documents. I'm also, I share common background with President Trump, but I'm not into the ego like he is. I pray for him, and uh, I, uh, my last name has global recognition, and I do have strategies to get, to get this country back on track that aren't based on control, conquer, and divide, but based on spirituality and unconditional agape love. So sir, sir, can you uh, can you drop drop in our front page to the website? Please, I, I don't go, do anything inbound or outbound on the internet myself. 
There's plenty of information available if I can share my name, and I'd like to direct you to a page okay. on a big website because my mother also was asked and actually posed for pictures as the Blessed Mother in Our Lady Seat of Wisdom Chapel at Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York. That's all fully documentable. Okay, just mention the website. Go ahead. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a few words to Google. It will bring you to a page on the website because some people, if they put a space and don't put all the dots in the right way, it won't come up. If you Google, my last name, Charlson, Google Charlson, T like Tom, R-A-U-L-S-E-N like Nancy, then put the word and, A-N-D, and then Trump, T-R-U-M-P, and the word whistleblower. On that site, too, you'll even see a front page Wall Street Journal article with it. Okay. Sir, uh, just stay on the show after Don leaves, and you can you can uh, share a little bit more. Uh, anybody else? Thank you, sir. A comment yeah, or hey, Don. To Don, our guest. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. this is Jim. Uh, do you have a website? No. No, okay. I'm just on because, Facebook. I mean, I was, I was I was raised in a Catholic family, and around my college days, when I started learning about some of the atrocities, I walked away, tried mm-hmm. to go back. I tried to go back. Uh, just, just didn't feel like it was. I could trust it. Um, so, what would you suggest for somebody like me who just sure. wants to learn more about what? I've never heard of some of this stuff you're talking about. I okay. know Lady of Fatima, uh, but these secrets and all these things. So where would you direct somebody like me? Okay, where do you live? I live in Missouri. Okay, what I what I would do? I don't know Missouri well enough. I I would find a a traditional chapel that says the Latin Mass. Uh, but does not accept Vatican II, and I would start to seek some seek something with those people. Um, what I would do is I'd begin to surround yourself with you. Need, you need some community, and uh, that's, with what? that's kind of community. You you need to have some community. So okay. you, let, let's let's put this way: you you didn't leave the church; it left you. Let's 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 put it the right way, and. What I would do is um, the the site that uh, the one site I would recommend is Our Lady Help of Christians, where which is in California. Um, and uh, if you if you uh, I guess you can contact me on Facebook or something, and I'll be happy to give you kind of a whole list of places to go to. But I would start with getting with a, a, a very 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 traditional Catholic group. So you can begin to pray with some people, relate to some people. It's it's not that the kind of the mainstream Catholics don't have some kind of faith, but they're very compromised at this point. And so it's very hard to get the clarity that my wife and I arrived at when we went fully traditional. And that's okay. and so so what I'm trying to identify for you is there is a Catholic church left in, in this world, but there's fewer and fewer of us. And we're not liked by just about anybody, but but it's but it's out there. And this, the links the links that Fred put up on this page that I have out there are 
are really, really good. Um, and that will in turn lead, lead you to other links. Feel free to friend me on Facebook, which is where kind of Fred, I think that's the last link he put up. And I'd be happy and to is it, talk is it, is it just your name? Is it just your name, yeah. your Facebook? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Sure. God bless you. Uh, this is this is Al Jordan here. I, I got a question for you. I was raised yes. by by an Opus Day woman. Mm-hmm. My mother was Opus Day, and my father mm-hmm. was Methodist. Mm-hmm. And the Catholic Church you're describing to me, I don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Basically, the church that you're describing to me, completely alien. And the last time I walked out of a Catholic Church voluntarily was 50 years ago. I'm, I was 16. Mm-hmm. And I never walked back in, at least not where I was listening to anything. And then I've tried the Mormon Church. I tried a lot of other things. Episcopal Church. My my wife is Episcopal, English mm-hmm. Episcopal. And I'm sitting here with a Bible right next to me, which I always have with me. And I don't read it often, but I do read it from time to time. And I just wonder why it's important to have the complexity that you put together um, to have a pure Catholic understanding. I mean, my understanding was very simple. You either believed in what Jesus had to say or you didn't. Um, okay. My mother, of course, being Catholic in her own way, a French Catholic via south of France into Canada and then to the northeast in the United States and then ultimately landing in New York and then eventually down in North Carolina. But mm-hmm. um, I don't recognize anything you're talking about. Anything. I mean, I, I know what Fatima sure. is, but I don't know what the details are. I don't understand okay. the details. Why do sure. I not have anything like it? I'm not nothing. Okay. I know. Okay. Here's here's why. Okay. Here's why. The the message that we let, let me let me just jump back to. There's three parts of Fatima. First is the need for the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Mother. That's not negotiable. The second is the need for conversions to the Catholic faith and only to the Catholic faith. The third is the need for penance, penance, penance. We have to, we have to be penitent for our sins. Now, you're talking about complexity. Now, this is this is the you have to get. It, it's only in my lifetime, Vatican II began two months after I was born, that you had all of this murky, all these scandals, but all the murky theology. You, you can walk into a Catholic church, walk out of a sermon, and say, "What the heck did I just hear? I didn't even know what he was talking about." Right. When my kids started going with me. For the Latin Mass, they they had two comments. The first was one: they're not talking down to me. They felt talked down to by by the what we call the Novus Ordo, the mainstream Catholic Church. And the sure. second comment was a, a month later: is they're more serious. So what I'm what I'm getting to is um, the, the 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 group that we're part of. I I never accepted their excommunication because it was done in a faulty way, but it was lifted anyway by by Benedict XVI. So, you know, I, I don't really worry too much about Rome's view of tradition. It's not, a, it's not a great view. But our view, to make a long story short, our view is the way the church was run for 2,000 years. It's only the last 55 years that you've had this mess. And when you go back to previous encyclicals and all the lives of the saints, and you read it with that beautiful Catholic clarity, it is clear. It is clear what you're supposed to do. And I know some people have to work on Sundays, or some people get sick, or some people are raped and bummed out, and for good reason. But, sure. but the, the church, remember, the church has two components. 
One is you and me, which are basically just people struggling against sin and confusion and error and everything else. So somehow, and it's a miracle, we're part of the church, number one. Number two, the church is absolutely perfect because God is absolutely perfect. And he did not create 40,000 different churches. He created one church. And so the, the battle that's going on now is between us, those who are saying the, the last, you know, 50, 60 years has been a mess. Let's go back. And the people say, no, 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 we're, we want to move forward into communism. And the, the two are completely incompatible. But we, we continue to pray for them. But they, they want you to mix essentially your own conscience and your own viewpoints with evolution, which has no scientific basis, and Darwinism and communism and all the other isms. It's just garbage. So what I'm trying to get to is open your heart, pray, go read some old, old encyclicals, find a, find a parish. You, you may only end up going to church. I don't know, where do you live, sir? Outside of Washington, D.C., about 20 minutes from the, from the main cathedral. In, in DC. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so there's there's gonna, there's going to be some. I, again, I you know, it's the other side of the country, but there, there's there's going to be somewhere there uh, a, a traditional Latin Mass, no Vatican II community. They're 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 out there. And and if and if you yeah. end up you know getting in a car or going to to Boston or Boston, Kentucky, where there's a you know if if you end up driving a day or two to find a handful of traditional Catholics to be friends with, do it. But I lived you, in Boston you, for 20 years. I never found anything in Boston. I lived in, in, actually in Boston, and I lived in Newton for 20 years before we moved down here to Potomac. And I never found any community at all, except I found the Mormons. And my wife surprised me. She was, a, an, she's an, she was an atheist or claimed to be an atheist, and then she saw Christ in a dewdrop. And she absolutely thinks, and she knows that she saw him, saw his face. It freaks me out. She just goes into some kind of trance even now. You know, um, she's, she believes in every bit of science you can think of. She's got a PhD in molecular biology. She was trained by Jim Watson, the DNA guy on Long Island, um, for, to finish her PhD. She's British. Um, mm-hmm. And I can't understand the dichotomy with her. However, when I met her mother, I thought I met a saint. Not many, mm-hmm. people, not many people say that about their mother-in-law. I can tell you that. <laughs> I can. I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones. I can. But um, I should, yeah. But don't don't. But but I, what I would tell you is, and I and I've come across other scientists that, that are like this. I just be very careful put, putting your faith in anything evolutionary. There really is no evidence for it. There just is not. And. There is evidence, as I mentioned earlier in the call, the dinosaurs were extinguished by some of yeah. that. But there's, there's no evidence that we were ever monkeys, there's, and there's never been any bones found to, to confirm it. There are no half-species half anywhere. So the, the, what happens sometimes with the super-intellectuals, and your wife doesn't like this because she sounds like she's been baptized, but you, you sometimes, yeah, but you, 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 you find these people who, they're, they've been given all the gifts of kind of the intellect, but, but the will, the will won't let them go there. And, and the good news too, by the way, is if there's a great site you can go to, I can't emphasize this site enough, which is called um, the, I think it's called the real presence.org. And if you go there, there's, there's Eucharistic miracles that have been scientifically recorded that are of course, exclusively Catholic. 
So all, all that stuff is out there, but you suffer under, under law in Boston and, and God, God help us with a guy like that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean, she, my, 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 my spouse, my spouse is from Liverpool and her, her mother, her mother, uh, more saintly than any person I've ever met in my life. She was a church of England, maybe just the way she was. I don't know. And my father-in-law is a Buddhist or was a Buddhist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, very much within himself, you know, um, uh, very smart guy, never pushed his career. He was the head, head of the mechanics part of the Penny Lane bus company in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Penny Lane, the, those kinds of people. So, pardon me. I'm married to a very profound family. I just can't figure it out. <laughs> I don't. Well, <laughs> you, you might, you, you know. might be, you might, but you, you might be the vehicle that starts to to dig into, you know, what what the church was at one time, and you might be the guy that brings them back. But it, and it may be through your own personal sacrifice. You you may ask them to come back. They may or may not. But there there are there are little there are little teeny tiny patches of the Catholic Church. Yeah. Um, but some some people I ha- I have to drive sixty miles to go to mass. Well, I mean, my my wife is trained by the leading geneticist in the world, Jim Watson. Wow. And, you know, and oh, yeah, yeah. So that's career. the guy. Yeah, I know yeah. who he is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and she was trained in Britain as well. She's a physician and, an, and, and a PhD biologist. When my son graduated college four years ago, my wife got an original version of the origin of species. She gave it to him as a present before he went off to medical school. And, it's, and I, you know, a lot of a lot of what you say is confusing the devil out of me, not to be rude, but it's just because. <laughs> That's a good sign, Al. That's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get it. I mean, I just, I, I am I'm, I'm completely lost by what you're saying. Well, because, I don't, yeah. because, because as we mentioned, that the, for reasons that you and I can, it, it's impossible to understand how Christ could have recruited Judas knowing what he'd do to him. It's just beyond our comprehension. And these are, these are what the Catholic Church refers to as mysteries. You're not going to comprehend everything because you and I are not God, and you're never going to be. But he does will you to have a, a very clear set of dogmas and doctrines to go to. And in St. Paul, what does St. Paul tell us? He says, we have taught you by epistle and by tradition. This is the main thing the Protestants get wrong. So as he's taught you by the Bible, which is 73 um, books long, not 66, and right. by tradition. So, so, so the Bible wasn't even around until 382. And there was a tradition right. that had popped up around it. Well, all, all of this stuff is, is still kind of being practiced. Now, that's, you know, you know what would really help you? It's not going to make you be up at night. But there's a great exorcist named Father Ripperger, just like a child. Uh-huh. And he's got a ton of YouTubes out. And a lot of them are on, a few of them are on exorcism, but most of them are on holiness. And I think if you kind of focus in on that, because he also has a pretty good grasp on on doctrine and on dogma. And then I think you're going to begin to see kind of what you were robbed of at an earlier age. And don't listen, don't let my comments on Opus Dei, <laughs> those, those, those are not comments directed at your, at your mother-in-law. Um, my they, mother my mother was Opus Dei. My mother-in-law was a church of mother. England. My yeah, mother was Opus Dei. But, but yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people were, 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 taken in, were taken in by him. And, and you, this, all you have to do, all you have to do is look at the fruits. 
the, the, the fruits of Opus Dei are not good. They, they've been fraught with scandal. The, the, the fruits of the mainstream Catholic Church are not good. They've been fraught with scandal. When but I was most a child, traditional... go ahead. No, I was a child. My mother used to give twenty-five thousand dollars a year to the church. And that was wow. have been in yeah. This was, this was in the fifties and sixties. And I'm thinking to myself, when Dad finds out about this, he's going to raise hell. Cause he's a Methodist. <laughs> <laughs> You were you, you the bag boy? Were you the bag boy, Al, delivering the? No, so no. My I was always told by her, even to this, you know, until before she died, you never gave us any trouble ever. Because I did exactly what they told me to do. I never ever disobeyed them ever, and not because I was afraid of them. I just, I'm not sure why. You know, I didn't get into trouble. I didn't do anything. You know what I was afraid of? Going to hell <laughs> <laughs> all the time. You know, well, remember, remember something too. Also, if I could, if I could jump out on this out, and and yeah. that is that while while many people will accuse us of being either too strict or too dogmatic or too whatever, rem- yeah. remember it's not my job, it's not your job to judge a soul. It's not your job. You can only judge actions with with perfection, but you cannot, and mm-hmm. the you cannot judge a soul. So we don't we don't know <coughs> what happens to a lot of these these people, but we can certainly tell them that there is a kind of remember truth truth is absolutely beautiful and absolutely perfect it has to be yeah yeah it has to be yeah yeah wow all right anybody else yeah yeah i i I got a question for him uh i I have some a catholic friend one of my catholic friends told me uh, that Recently, the last couple of months, there's been several uh, priests uh, left the Vatican, and he doesn't know why, and we don't know where they went. Have you? Uh, do you know anything about this? Um, <clears throat> I don't know exactly what what they're what you're referring to, but uh, unfortunately, well, let, let's put it this way: the, the the church has not hurt for politics for a long time. And sometimes when you get these kind of uber-leftist, liberal, Marxist types that are running the place now, as soon as they find anybody who is marginally traditional, not by my definition, but marginally, they just they get rid of them. And unfortunately, oh, okay. they can send them to what we call Our Lady of the Garbage Dump, uh-huh. which is ironically what Lourdes was. Lourdes was a garbage dump when Our Blessed Mother appeared to uh, appeared to um, St. Bernadette, uh, Bernadette Subaru there, um, and by the way, that one, speaking of timing, uh, was was exactly at the same time as Darwin. So the the um, the teaching the teaching on the Immaculate Conception, uh, as 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 confirmed by the Holy Father, but revealed by this girl, came exactly at the same time Darwin was telling us that we're all just a bunch of apes. And of course, you're, if you're an ape, you're sinless, and if you're an ape, you can do whatever you want to do, right? Or if you're grandfather, great grandfather, whatever. So. Going back to your story in the Vatican, though, they there a lot of priests are rotated through there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's you know, it's a career is too banal a term to use, but it is that, and they go through different schools, they go through different training, there's different orders, <laughs> so it, it's very it's very hard to say why someone without knowing names or circumstances why someone might have been, yeah. you know moved in or out, but. Um, in, in, in general, those of us who are in the strong tradition of the church, we have our own bishops, we have our own seminaries, 
And while we pray for Benedict and Francis, we, we literally are just running around show the same way it was done for 2000 years yeah. as best we can. Now, yeah. Uh, now I, I've, I've read books about the Jesuits. You know, Adam, Adam Weishoff, who was the founder of the Jesuits. Is that correct? No, no, no. The founder of the Jesuits was St. Ignatius Loyola. St. Ignatius Loyola was a, was a 16th century, a, a very, very holy guy. And okay. um, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you a great story my wife likes to tell about him. Uh, he, um, he was a soldier. He was a real soldier. He was a Spanish soldier during a time in which they're fighting off the, the Muslims and whatever else. And so he's recovering in a hospital bed because his leg was broken in a battle. And he's there for months. And all of a sudden, it's this idea to become a Catholic priest, and he'll become, not only will he become a Catholic priest, but he'll, he'll beat back the, the Protestant revolt. Well, all of a sudden, he starts to have all night what, what are called Eucharistic ecstasies. What, what that means is that um, uh, he's, he's, he's dreaming of being a great Catholic. He's feeling very holy. He's essentially having dreams and visions of God in heaven and all that kind of stuff. And as my, as my wife likes to say, he asked God specifically to take it away because he realized what it was. It was the devil. And the devil was giving him those fantasies in order to keep him from doing his work during the day because the Jesuits were about to become one of the greatest Catholic orders. And they in turn came to North America, Central America and South America and converted a lot of people, including the most violent American Indian tribes you've ever seen. Not all American Indian tribes were hostile. Not all were violent. But the Jesuits were massacred by these people routinely. <laughs> Meanwhile, some of the Jesuits in Rome turned bad. And, but Adam, Adam Weiss, Weisshofer, I don't know, Weisskoffer, but he, he didn't come around until, I believe, 1717. Um, I, yeah, don't, right, right. I don't... I don't think he had any connection. He was the founder of the Illuminati. He was the founder of the Illuminati. That's right, no, Fred. He's the founder of the Illuminati. Now there's, yeah. And let me make a really important yeah. distinction here. The, the distinction is that the, the people who are running the Vatican today, who we call modernists, and modernism is a, is a solemnly condemned heresy. Modernism is the idea that dogmas and doctrines change over time subject to the thoughts and perceptions of man, which is absolutely incorrect. A, a dogma or doctrine is an infallible teaching that comes from, from God and began and is, is, is holy and unchangeable. Well, the, the Jesuits have fallen under the influence of the Illuminati, under the influence of the Freemasons. And there are people, there are two, at least two cardinals who have died, who are part of the Second Vatican Council, where their personal notes, they were given you know, letters of congratulation by the lodges, congratulating them on screwing up the Catholic Church. So we, 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 know, these, yeah, so we know these people, we know they're inside the church, we, we know who they are, we know what they are, but unfortunately, until you get this consecration of Russia, the Pope, whoever he really is, will be disoriented. So he, he can solve his own disorientation, but he has to do it with a prayer uh, in union with the bishops of the world, and so far he has no interest in doing it, which is very sad. Yeah, well, we, we, well, well, where do you think the Pope's coming from now? Because he just recently said it's okay to be gay. Yeah, that's not true. I mean, it is true he said that. Sure. What he said specifically, it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a giant mess than he and his fellow modernists created. Here's what it is. First, there is a, a succession 
going from Pope to Cardinal to Bishop to priest, where essentially they promote their own kind. Okay. So that started when I was born right after I was born. So figure, uh, 58, 62, I was born in 62. What happens is that as these guys come along, they bring along successive generations of liberals and they only tolerate their own kind. So when Francis said this, he was dealing with three rape victims. He was told specifically not to elevate a specific uh, Chilean bishop who turned out to be a really bad guy. Even one of his own cardinals three years ago handed him a letter going personally, going, this guy's trouble, do, do something. He ignored him. He goes to Chile. The survivors of the rape, uh, the rape epidemic down there walk up to him and personally, right in his face, and say, why, why aren't you doing something about this bishop? He was in charge of this priest who raped like 45 kids or I don't know how many kids. So, so he says, no, I don't think there's any evidence. Well, then he backtrack, backtracks. Then he invites three of the victims, one of whom is gay, to the, to the, to the Vatican. And he listens to them, and he, it's, a whole, it's a whole mess right now. So essentially what happens is um, he tells this guy, well, God made you that way. Well, it's not true. There really is no such thing as, as, a, as, a, as a gay human being. What there is is occasionally you get a Jamie Lee Curtis who has an extra chromosome. But all of the scientific studies show that there are no pairs. If, if, if gay was really a gene, then, then identical twins would either be both straight or both gay like 80 90% of the time. It doesn't exist. So by Francis saying that, he's identifying a defect that is a function of original sin that is absolutely not for him to say. What he should say, if he was a really good Catholic and he's not, is God loves you, but you must pursue a celibate life. And you must be Catholic. That's what he was saying. But instead, he confirms this garbage, which leads to more garbage, which leads to more sin, which leads to more rape. Yeah. So the church is based on Christ's teaching. And Christ spoke out against homosexuality. Well, men living with men, women living with women. Well, correct. I mean, actually, St. Paul spoke out against it, but Christ, Christ, Christ speaks out against all sex outside of marriage. What, what he, what, gay or straight. And what, what he says is, it's better to enter into heaven with one eye than yeah. it is to, to basically use it to, to sin. But he's telling you, he doesn't even want you thinking about it, let alone acting on it. And it applies right. to everybody. Everybody. Yep. And it's, it's hard because, right. And it's hard because we all have, if you're baptized, you have concupiscence. If you're not baptized, you're just basically under the influence of the devil. But, but no matter who you are, you, you have an unnatural hunger for sex, which did yeah, not exist in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, we're all sinners. All of us, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, we, all, we all sin and fall short of glory of God. Correct. Some sin more than others. On that note, on that note, I think that's a good note to wrap up with. <laughs> Don, man, because we could go on and on. Don, thank you so much. It's been a great hour and 45-minute call show. Uh, we will share this archival link. You can share it with others. Uh, and, and last word. Yeah, go ahead. Last one. My, my, my last word is to everyone follow up on what Fred said. Pray the rosary. Pray it in a group. Pray it in a group. Pray it in if any anyone wants you to want. learn how to pray the rosary, give me a call. <laughs> pray it. 
I will, in a I will not just pray the rosary. I'll sing the rosary to you. Yeah. Pray in a pray in a group and and tr- trust trust that God does not desire a single soul to go, soul to go to hell, but unfortunately, it's a reality. It is a reality. Yeah. There are eternal consequences to every major decision we make. Yeah. I am. Hey, there's an Arabic saying, you know, it says, trust in God, but tie your camel. <laughs> That's great. That's a good one, All right. Sam. I'm now still hanging on. You said to hang on for the end of the show? Yeah, sir. You, you, yeah, you can, you, can, you can come on now. Thank you, Don. Appreciate it. It's a wrap. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to leave the lines open if you want to just uh, state your name and who you are and uh, your link and everything else, but the official part of the show is wrapped up. A-U-N, American Underground Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.